All right, you guys, I'm here with my friends. We're going to have our, um, our small group right now. Uh, so today we have Landon and Allie and Sarah, and I am Sethry. So thank you guys for joining us, being a part of this. And um, I think it's always fun. It's like there's so many things. The Bible is rich, right, guys? So many things we could talk about. But you know what else is rich? Talking about things that don't actually matter, that are just fun <laughs> to talk about. Which what I thought would be fun is talking about what our first job is, or maybe your worst job, whatever. Maybe they're the same, one and the same. <laughs> but I think it's funny because here we all are, like, we're in ministry. We get to, you know, work with kids or dance and youth. And, you know, like, we have these positions like, that's not how we start. <laughs> we always start with something nope. far less glamorous. In my case, as a 12-year-old, which the more I've thought about is just like, how did I work as a 12-year-old? But I was a paper boy for the Reporter Herald Man. in Loveland. This was, this was, like, in the year, like, 1996, um, so obviously I delivered on rollerblades cause it was the nineties. So I was delivering newspapers on rollerblades and this is the messed up part that I literally, until I was like coming into it, I didn't think about like I had to deliver the papers of course, but, but they don't just give you papers rolled. They give them to you in a big stack that you have to roll each one of them, put rubber bands on. If it's like snowy outside, you got to put the bag on. It was a lot of work on Saturdays. I had to do that at like five in the morning as a 12 year old on rollerblades in my neighborhood. How much did you make? Papers. That's the real question. I don't even want to know. And okay, <laughs> here's the other messed up part though, is I had to be my own debt collector. Like I had to knock on adults doors and be like, hey, you owe the newspaper money. Like Give me money. it was like, Sethry, you were a newsie. I guess, yeah. Wow. They need to remake oh. Newsies like '90s edition. Were you pretty you threatening? Know, I on rollerblades and. <laughs> I don't know how threatening I could have possibly been. Being like, please give me. You money. owe me forty-two cents. <laughs> like, I don't know how that happened. But anyway, that was my first job. I was a I was a paper boy. That's amazing. Yeah. Maybe that's more effective to have a twelve-year-old be like, "You owe me money." Okay, <laughs> see it, I guess. I yeah. Don't know. Maybe. What about you guys? What were your first jobs? Um, so mine was Target. Nice. Um, and it was probably also my worst job. And I love Target, but I hated working there. I think it was just like the people I worked with were not nice. And one time I got in trouble. Someone, like some customer told like my manager that I was on my phone and I didn't even have a phone. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know how that is possible. And they so were still, yeah, it was like this. Yeah, it was crazy. But so that was kind of a rough beginning with me and Target. But now we're like this again. OK, I'm glad you're able to recover. I have, a, I have a friend. Her name will be unnamed. Kay. But she goes to Target so frequently that her phone has determined she works there. Her That's phone's, It's going to take you this You're long working. to get to work. She's like, I don't work there. Just shop there. Wait. So is often. she there for like a long, extended <laughs> long enough for her time. phone to believe she works there? So cool. That's awesome. Part time hours, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I'm glad That's you've awesome. been able to recover in your heart because yeah. Target is a magical place. It is magical. Amen. Makes yes. money disappear. It's yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I, uh, my worst job. It wasn't my first job, but it was by far my my worst job. And <laughs> I worked at Comfort Dental for four hours. Four hours. Four whole hours. Never got paid. I <laughs> I ended up volunteering my time. <laughs> for four so, hours. You so I, I'm a pretty good salesman. Hours. So I walked in, and this is like fresh out of Bible college. Have not gotten a youth pastor job yet. I'm out there. All right, I'm, I'm trying. But I'm at this point, have not found anything, and I got a baby, newborn. I'm like, Dad needs a job now. I don't care how long it lasts. I didn't think it would last four hours. But <laughs> but, but I go to this this comfort dental place and I convinced this dentist to give me a dental technician job which is a job you go to school for most of the time wait 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 wait, wait. what is a dental technician you like do all kind you clean all the tools you help the, you assist the dentist with some of the mouth work I don't know I don't even I don't really know I was only there for don't hours you, horrifying don't they like clean teeth 
Oh yeah, like oh. they do some stuff. <laughs> this is horrible. You don't you don't clean to the extent that a dentist would, but you clean but a little you bit. But you touch people's mouth yeah, with sharp objects. Well, <laughs> let me get to there. that. So I start cleaning, and this is only women working there, and so there's like 16 women and me, and so we're in this this situation where I'm like, this is I've never been around so much drama in my entire life, and so I'm struggling already, and I'm trying to clean this stuff. Well, then I get to like go and like be around my first mouth, okay? And it's this old dude. And he had like black tar on his teeth, like spots. And I start gagging and I can't stop gagging. And I, I literally am going, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I walk into the boss's office that I had just convinced. I ordered four pairs of scrubs with my name on. I still have them. <laughs> I walk into, they weren't there yet, but I walk into my boss's office and I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. You don't have to pay me. I'm just going to leave. And I did. <laughs> and I never went back. So you actually, so, that was a net loss because you bought scrubs. I bought scrubs. didn't walk away with any money. <laughs> and they came like two weeks later, yeah, <laughs> with my so name funny. inscribed. What do you use those for now? I don't know. But Pajamas. Costumes. I think you, you should know. preach in them. I might, you know, yeah. talk wow. about how God's like surgically, you know, word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm not saying Sorry. Comfort Dental <laughs> is not maybe a great place to get your teeth worked on. But seriously, they hired you with no experience yeah. to touch people's yeah. mouths. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm having oh. the same thoughts. <laughs> no. If there's anybody from Comfort Dental, please let us know how you're legit. <laughs> right. and that was just the one time that it didn't quite go as planned because holy <laughs> cow, I yeah. am not interested. Landon's just really good at convincing people, I guess. I, I guess. Yeah. And then I convinced myself quite quickly, this is not a good fit. <laughs> I use my self-awareness. To find out that wasn't a good fit. I can't believe they let you clean someone's <laughs> teeth on the first day. Oh, that's amazing. No experience, but mirroring looking inside someone's mouth. Well, here's another example of having a first job that you have no idea what you're doing. Um, I worked at the Eaton Country Club uh, for my first job. I worked in the golf shop, which was awesome. It was an amazing job, and I worked there for um, like four years, all through high school. Um, but I don't golf. And I had not golfed ever. I had not ever been to a golf course. I had not ever driven a golf cart. Um, nothing. But my dad knew um, the the golf pro out there. Shout out to Rick Cole. He was a great, great boss. Um, and at some for some reason, he hired me. But um, I worked in the golf shop. So, I was, you know, I was around people a lot. And I was good with people and um, making people feel good and um, giving them tours of the, you know, golf course and <laughs> selling. I'm really good at sales. And uh, that is kind of when I learned that because I could sell memberships at like 14 um, and convince people to spend thousands and thousands of dollars a year on something. Wow. <laughs> um, but probably the funniest thing, like the first within the first like month that I worked there, um, it was a busy there was like a tournament or something. And um, so we had like all the golf carts out um, and the, the kids that were working out on the the golf carts and washing them and washing clubs and stuff they were getting really behind and so my boss was like go out there and help them and I was like okay <laughs> um and so we were we would like wash the golf cart down we take it over we gas it up and then there was this huge it was like a garage but we called it I think we called it like the barn or something and we would park all the carts in there and there was like a very specific way that you had to park the golf carts because there was like a hundred of them and it couldn't just be all willy-nilly because then you couldn't get them out you know <laughs> um but you had to like back the cart the carts in to get them in there right <laughs> lord i did not even have a driver's license okay so awesome. so i'm like okay i can yeah i can do this you know first time driving a golf cart doing it backwards um and 
the poor range staff. Like I was like 14 and technically a supervisor over them. And they were <laughs> not much older than me, but they were just like, what is happening? And so they totally like pranked me, which was funny now. But um, <laughs> they were like, you know, you really got to you got to get going. You got to get up some speed before you make that turn because then you can't get it in, oh, no. you know, right. And I was like, OK, OK. So um, I've watched them do a couple. And then <laughs> one of the kids was like, here, why don't you try this cart? And I did not know when I got in it that it was a cart that they had taken the governor out of. So it was like super fast. Okay. Speed was not controlled at all. So I like pull it up. They're like, you got to get going. So I'm in reverse, like, <laughs> just foot on the pedal all the way down. And I'm like, vroom, like flying back so fast and like freaking out. And, <laughs> and then I like turn the wheel to make this corner. Oh, my gosh. I think I like almost took the wall out. It was terrible. Nice. They were laughing so hard. But moral of the story is that golf carts are actually sturdier than you think. Did it flip <laughs> did over? Not, no. It did not flip over. Wow. I wow. did not rip the top off of it, but I was, like, scarred for a little while. That's like, hilarious. I'm never doing this again, but they thought it was hilarious. And um, so that was good. But <laughs> mm, I wish there was a video but now I can, Yeah, uh, There probably is somewhere, but I can drive backwards great now. Nice. I mean, there you go. Even That's in a full-size vehicle. <laughs> That's what um, Mater's number one skill is in the Cars movies. Oh, like he was a great backwards he's a driver. Great backwards so driver. That's it how is it started. A skill. Yeah. 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 On a golf cart in Eaton. Yeah, on a Colorado. separate note, when I used to be a kids pastor and we'd have kids camps, one of my favorite parts is that they would give me a golf cart to get around. I'm like, guys, I'm the pastor. I need a golf cart to get around. I would fly around on a thing. Every time I would break, I would never just stop. I would try to like do a big 180 spin every oh, time yeah. I stopped. Like yeah. I would take my kids with me mm-hmm. and like, I'd be like, you better hold on. And then I would spin around. Like, oh my gosh, man, it was great. Man, good time. That's great. That's um, well, uh, this last, this last weekend, I thought, um, of course, Pastor Jonathan's message again was really, really great. He talked about generosity, the power of generosity, and just that idea that what God's given to us, we need to give away. Uh, one of the comments that we got, um, which I'm just going to read because I think it's a great summary and a great perspective, was from Alin. Hopefully I'm saying your name right. It could be Aileen. could be lots of pronunciations. We're going to go with Alin, though. Um, she said this. She said, we can only give what we have if God is pouring into our lives. The least we can do is to be a conduit and let it all flow through us. What a message. We need to stop looking to ourselves. We are not the center of the world. There are other people around us who need help, support, a hand. If we're honest to ourselves, we have much more than we need, not only materially, but emotionally. We have family and all that we need. We might face troubles, and that's a part of our life. But that should not stop us from being the representatives of the kingdom of heaven. Let's give it away. Let's pray for an opportunity this week to give away what we have already received from the from the Lord. What a lovely Father! We only uh, He only asks from us what He's already provided to us. Great week. Um, wow. So, man, she's preaching on yeah. Instagram, uh, and it yeah, totally. Uh, and it resonated with me. And one of the things, too, that's a great tool if you guys don't have it for your small groups or for your watch parties is there's a discussion guide you can find online. I think it's at res.church slash watch party. Um, so there's a few questions on that that um, we we took a look at. And one of the things it talks about is just have we sent some of the own like uh, the da- the danger that selfishness or greed can have in our own life. And for me, that is so, so true, because honestly, like 
with my personality, you know, one of the things that Alin talked about, one of the th- another comment we got from Amy and a lot of responses was just this idea that I don't want to just be a bucket. I want to be a conduit. And I absolutely like full confession can just I can totally live life as a bucket. I can totally live life in, in a lot of ways with with my own like emotional energy, with my with my finances, um, you know, with my relationships feel like I have a very finite amount that I can give away and be very aware of, well, I gave you that and now I'm, now I'm depleted and I don't know if I have enough. I don't know if I can invest in this relationship. Can I do this? Um, and I think that idea of being a conduit is something that God is like really working on me on um, because I can like, like understanding that if I am, if I'm receiving from God, which God is always giving to us, I can be giving and all that my giving does is increase the amount that God continues to give to me. But that's like a new awareness for me. That's something I have to learn in the way that I deal with relationships, in the way that they, the way that I deal with time and with my own financial generosity is it's not just a finite amount that I'm going to run out of, but it's something that is continually like given and received and given and received. So like I've, I've definitely, I think, limited in my life opportunities for relationship, opportunities for investment, opportunities for financial, like I'm talking about just like a great financial investment or even just spiritually, like giving to the church, you know, being more aware of those things. So it's, it's definitely something that's, that's challenged me in my life a lot. Yeah. I think along with that, um, like we see other people giving and sometimes it seems like it's easy, but one of those questions is talking about the spiritual sore feet and have we ever experienced that? And I think definitely when you start to give and even just like through your giving process in life, like um, it can be painful sometimes. Like it really can. Um, My husband and I, we were talking in our watch party this weekend um, with some people about this, how we personally experienced this really, really hard was last year with Nothing Without God. Um, We actually um, had just gotten some money and we were going to put that away for – saving for a house we want to move into a house want to have a good down payment and so we were really excited and then nothing without God happened and I was like actually Zach I think that God is asking us to put this into nothing without God and just with that knowledge I think like um, Isaiah and Alyssa had talked about like if we build God's church like he's going to build our house Um, and um, just kind of along those lines and it was hard it was really hard because it's like you have this money and you're like, oh, this is great. Like we need to be saving. We need to do this. And it hurt. Like it really did hurt. And I think that's like important to know is like sometimes when you're giving, even even not financially, if you're giving of your time or, or love or whatever that is, like sometimes it does hurt. But like God is calling us to pursue that. And like each time that you that you do it, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier because you're seeing the blessing that God is um, returning in that. And Zach and I have seen that um, we gave that money and we were like, okay, now Lord, like this is in your hands. Like completely you have to take care of us for this housing situation. And we've even seen like this year um, just like some blessing being poured in for that, like money coming from places that we didn't expect and, and just knowing that God has a whole hand on it. And just because we were faithful and it did hurt still, like, that's important to know. But, like, he still blesses us and it still um, is going to be returned to us in that blessing. Yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. There's when a few years ago, you know, you're talking about the idea of spiritual sore feet. Jonathan is talking about 
you know, the idea of exercise and that at first it does hurt, but it doesn't mean it's bad that it hurts. It just, it hurts, but it's helping you to get better. You know, it's helping you to grow. And that, like I said, that's totally an area that I've needed to grow with in my life. So a few years ago, before Nothing Without God, we had another um, big capital campaign at Res that um, my wife and I really decided we want to commit to this. We want to be a part of this. And we had never given big to something like that before, like made a really sacrificial investment. Like this is going to cost us something. It's going to be hard, but we're going to do this and taking that step. And a few, um, a few months ago, I was talking with some friends and they were saying like, well, what's, what's something you've done in your life that you're really proud of? And actually that was one of the first things that came to my mind. Like I committed to something really challenging. It was hard. Generosity is not just intuitively easy for me. And I committed to it. I followed through. We we hit our full like amount that we committed to after three years, and that was great. So then, by the time we got to nothing without God, like we were able to do the same thing, um, except for this time because that spiritual sore feet idea, like we had kind of developed that muscle a little bit. God actually asked us to give more to this. Like the amount was actually double what we felt like we were supposed to give for this and last time, which was still like hard again. But because we had taken that first step, now we could take the second step and be faithful. And I know that, you know, right now we're one year in, we just celebrated one year into the three-year commitment of nothing without God. I know when we hit the third year and I completed again, that will be the new thing that I'm the most proud of. Cause it's like, yeah. I did something challenging, but it was worthwhile. Totally. It's like pain produces growth, you know, and and I think it's so amazing when you're giving to something like nothing without God, you just know it hurts. But at the same time, it's like, you know that this gift is going to go so far and change so many lives. And so sometimes that can help ease the pain a little bit. But there was another part, another question on the discussion guide that talked about, you know, what has God blessed us with so that we can give away? And in our student watch party last night, uh, one of the students had talked about his musical giftings and basically talked about how he, he has this he, he said, I have the gift of music. Like I can learn any instrument. He go, I can't remember how many he plays this ridiculous amount of instruments. And he's very, very good at all of them. And he learns them very, very quickly. And he's like, I know God did not give me this skill and this gifting just for me. Like he gave this to me so I could give it away. And I just thought that was so neat that he recognized that even as a 14 year old kid that he's like, God has given me this so that I can bless others, so that I can champion others, so I can praise God, so I can show people who he is, so that I can bring joy. And I was like, that's that's so awesome to have that kind of awareness as a 14 year old. It's like, no, I'm just not just really good at this. No, I'm good at this for a purpose. Yeah. Like there's a purpose behind yeah. my passion. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow, that's great. Um, one of the... Um, verses that stuck out to me in the um, sermon was Luke twelve fifteen, and it says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, um, because we do have to be on our guard for it. And um, like Jonathan said, greed hides in, in plain sight, right? Like we, we eat it, we drink it, we, we breathe it, we tuck it in at night. Like it's just so much part of, so much a part of our life that sometimes we don't see how dangerous it is. Um, and for me, I think, especially during this season, generosity is one of the biggest things that, that the Holy Spirit has been working on in my life and in my husband's life. Um, and there's never been a time when we have sought out how to be generous. Um, I think there's been times in our lives where we've, um, you know, we've been approached to be generous or we've, you know, had the opportunity to do that, but it's been easier to say no because of the fear of what if. And I really think fear is the ultimate en enemy of generosity. Um, you know, what if I don't have enough money for my bills this month? What if, um, you know, I, what if I forgive this person and then they hurt me again? You know, what if I love the way that I, you know, I know that I can love, but what if I get hurt doing it? Um, you know, that fear of what if keeps us, keeps us from 
so much. Um, and even, you know, we're talking about generosity, but it's funny how, how what's come to mind is money, right? Um, there are multiple ways that we can be generous and that, um, you know, we can give because of what's given to us. But money is, you know, maybe it's an American thing. I don't know, but it, it is definitely the, the topic that comes to mind. And, um, one thing that, that was brought up in our watch party this weekend is someone said, um, it, it, it would be easier to give, um, if I had more money. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, although I don't agree with that statement, I, I can relate to the heart of that. I can relate to, yeah, it, it does seem easier to give if you have more, like, um, Hey, you make, you know, this much a year and I don't like, why can't you step up? Why can't you give a little more to this to make it happen? But really like that, that is not, the heart of generosity at all. And I think it's, um, second Corinthians, like, um, eight, maybe like eight, 11, something like that. Um, it talks about how, you know, it's really the willingness of the gift. Like it doesn't matter what you have if the willingness is there and it's, um, it's matched by, by what you have to give, not what you don't have to give. And that's really what God is looking for. And I think, Sethry, you said this too, like God wants to trust us with more. He wants to bless us with more, but we have to first be faithful with what he's given to us um, and just be consistent with that. And not out of a place of guilt, not out of a place of God, I want more, so I'm just going to give more, um, but really out of a, a heart of like, God, this is what you've done for me. And so I'm compelled out of love and I'm compelled out of um, out of the the restoration that's been given to me to now give that restoration to other people, whether it's through money of, you know, just restoring people's dignity of, Hey, you know, you're, you're down and out right now. Like I'm going to help you. Like I'm going to make sure that you have food on your table. I'm going to make sure that you have, you know, a bed for your kids or whatever that looks like, or whether it's restoring people out of, out of love um, and relationally restoring people. Like we've been given that restoration. So now like what an opportunity and what a gift it is that we can give that to other people. Yeah. When you talked about, you know, we're talking a lot about money, but I think that that is just true for our humanity. I was going to even just say our culture, but it's not just our culture because Jesus talked about it. Jesus said, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. It's like, I think money is kind of maybe the first step for any of us to be able to take. It's something that any of us can do. And it doesn't matter, you know, if we, if we make a million dollars a year or $10,000 a year, like the point is, where is your heart? And you're willing to take what you have give it, learn that generosity. And that can just be challenging. So these other areas that we talk about, you know, love or forgiveness or restoration or, you know, the way that we give our time, the way that we give, um, you know, relationally to other people, I think a lot of it is kind of like, it's almost Jesus saying like, here's a really easy step for you. Like it's, it feels really hard, but it's actually the easiest way to say, start by just being financially generous. And from there, other areas of generosity are unlocked. You know, it's starting to lead your heart that way. And I think that's kind of why that came out for all of us. But um, that was super great. Thank you guys for taking time to talk about that today. We're going to take time just as a group uh, to pray together. I hope you guys will do the same with your small groups. Hope you guys are having great discussions. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week.